Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Lord, thank you once again for your Holy Spirit. We know that it's by the Spirit and the Word. And Lord, your, your Word um, went forth from your mouth. And so much of it was left to us in the form of the Bible. Lord, we thank you that you um, still speak today. You still speak by your scripture. You still speak by the Holy Spirit. And you change us. You change us. You change life. You change um, the, the uh, society around us by your word. Lord, I pray that you'll speak to us today. Speak to our hearts. Lord, speak to our whole, our whole bodies. Lord, our, our spirit, our soul, our body, our, our mind, speak to us and change us. And as you speak, Lord, speak even to our surroundings, that, that everything around us will be changed and conformed more into your perfect will. Thank you so much for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a, uh, an old story, I don't know if you, you've heard of it, um, a church hired a preacher, a new preacher came, came in and... Um, you know, the first Sunday he got up there and preached a tremendous sermon. You know, had everybody just uh, just riveted, you know, the whole time. And people came up to him afterwards. Oh, boy, preacher, you're so glad you're here. What a great sermon. Awesome message. And uh, the next Sunday he got up there and he preached the exact same thing. And they, they went up to him again and said, you know, that was a, that was a good sermon. And, and after a month of doing this, month, month and a half, he's preaching the exact same message. His board comes along and he says, now, we're, you're a great preacher, and this is a, this is a really, really good message, but do you, do you think it might be about time to move on to something different? And he said, well, when you get this one, I'll move on to the next one. <laughs> now, I'm going to do something in the next, you know, this week and next week that I've never done before. I'm going to use the same chapter two weeks in a row, um, same passage. It's going to be two different sermons. Uh, but I really felt like the Lord was saying, okay, this is where I want you to go, but this is a different way I want you to get there. Um, so I'm going to kind of tie up where we've been on the Identity in Christ um, series, but I'm going to start a new series using the same passage. And I think it really is going to tie together. We're going to talk about the body of Christ today, but then we're going we're to transition into talking about gifts um, and we're going to start with Ephesians 4. Um, and I'm not going to go too far because I'm going to start getting into my message right away. But it's, I think it really will fit together because we are the body. And the way that the body works together is through the gifts that God's given. Right? Okay. You know, one thing that uh, we like around our house is um, mysteries. Especially, uh, I know Ruth and I... Um, Several a number of years ago, we we watched um, uh, anybody watched Hercule Poirot. I never I never can pronounce his last name correctly. I try and I try I try I try, and I just don't have the French accent in me. It just doesn't work very well. But I think we watched almost every single episode uh, of the Poirot series. And you know, it's one thing about it is when you um, when you watch it or when you read the books. Um, you never really know until the end. You know, every once in a while you can get it. You can go, oh, I, I got that one. But it's kind of few and far between that you're like, oh, I figured it out ahead of time. You know, usually, you know, he'll pull something in right there at the end or there's something that's kind of withheld from the audience until right at the end. 
And then at the end, you know, he pulls everybody together and says, okay, this is who's done it. And we're going to talk about something today that's a bit of a mystery, kind of like that. To such an extent, there's, there's some things in Scripture that I don't think we'll ever fully get until we're in heaven. We can talk about them and we can relate them how the Bible describes them, but exactly putting all the pieces together, I'm not sure we're ever going to fully put them all together until we actually see Jesus face to face. So we're going to talk about something that's a little bit of a mystery today, and I think we can relate to it. I'm, I'm hoping that um, what my plan is I'm going to give some theoretical stuff up front, and I'm hoping to get down to the more uh, kind of nitty-gritty, hands-on stuff towards the end. So if you like the theoretical, you know, dive into Scripture and dig deep, you know, you'll, you'll get that. I, t- I try to give, you know, some for a little, bit, a little bit for everybody towards the end. I'm hoping to get really a lot more practical. Um, but uh, we're gonna, it, it's a mystery, though, that I don't think we'll fully be able to figure out until we get to heaven. And that's okay. You know, I think that the Lord does that a lot for us. Um, but let, let's look at this passage real quickly, and then we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, starting in verse 1, let me read this, uh, Ephesians 4, 1. Therefore I, that is Paul, the prisoner of the Lord, um, he's saying the prisoner of the Lord because this is one of the prison epistles, he's, He's actually in prison writing this. Implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Verse 4, there's one body, one Spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine By the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. From whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So, we're the body of Christ that is supposed to fill the earth. Isn't that what it says? He ascended that he might fill all things. But how is it exactly that, that we are the body? First of all, um, it's really interesting in verse 4 that he starts out, and your Bible probably has a there is in there. It might be in italics. Um, but in the Greek, it just starts out, one body. One body. Um, one spirit, 
what body is that? I've been saying it about four times this night. This isn't a trick question. What body? The body of Christ. So we're, we are one body. Now, I want, this, is, this is where it's hard to imagine. And I want you to get your imagination on a little bit. As I was meditating on this uh, in the last week and a half or so, it really occurred to me, you know, we, we, we throw that out as a cliche a lot. Well, we're the body of Christ. And it means kind of, in, in our society, it means, well, we're, we're, we're a group of people that call ourselves Christians, right? It's really kind of what it means. In Scripture, it's a lot more detailed. Let me, let me kind of show you what I, what I mean here. Okay, flip over to the very first page of the book. Genesis 1. Okay, this is where we were last week, and this is where I think where the Lord just, he orchestrates everything. Um, I didn't know he was going to do this, but it just worked out so well. Genesis 1, where we were last week, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man. Do you know what that word actually is? Anybody have a let us make man in our image. Anybody know what the Hebrew word is there? Adam. Let us make Adam in our image. Let us make Adam in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the, of the sky, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing. Then God created Adam in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And if you, if you jump over to chapter 2, um, verse 23, uh, as you recall, you know, Adam and um, God put Adam to sleep. He, uh, remember, he pulled the, the rib out of Adam's side, formed Eve. Um, and it says, um, verse 23, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother, shall be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked and were unashamed. And we, we think about marriage, right? And it's this, mis, this mis, mis, uh, mystical one flesh thing. And we think of kind of like, well, it's a marriage union and but really, when you look at it, what, what God has done is he has is, he is taken us. Okay, you all are no longer two. You are one. We don't know exactly how that works. Okay, this is where the mystery comes in. But you all are not separate any longer. You even have one name. Adam. And then it separates out into Adam and Eve. But when he created it's, it's, we're going to make Adam and then separates to Adam and Eve, but you're going to be one flesh. Now, I think you could actually say it this way, okay? Because you know that the entire Old Testament, you know how when God put this all together in the beginning, it is a picture of Jesus. The reason that God brought Eve along and brought him, brought her to Adam in the way that he did, right? You, you know this, right? You know where I'm going? How, when, did, when, did, when did the church, when did the bride of Christ come? Well, it came from the side of Jesus. Right? Jesus 
was pierced in his side, and blood and water flowed, and out of that blood and water comes the church. So you could actually, I believe you could go to Genesis 1, and you could say this, let us, let us beget, because Jesus, according to the Nicene Creed, he's not made, all right? He's not created, but he was begotten, the only, the only begotten son of God, right? Let us beget, let us, let us begot, beget Jesus in, in our image. Is Jesus in the image of, of the Father? Right? We saw that last week. He's the perfect image of the invisible God. Right? Let us beget Jesus in our image and let us, then it says, and male and female, he created them. Right? And it, Christ in the church, he created them. So that you, they are one flesh, one body. You see that? Now, like I said, this is a stretch. It's hard to imagine. But the, our head is in heaven. But the body is on the earth. If somebody, if somebody comes along to you and says, your head's in the clouds, say, yes, it is. That's right. My head's in the clouds. But my body's walking around here pretty good. Okay, I tried to I tried to come up with some um, synonyms for body this week because I think you know we say body of Christ and it's like well you, you know it's it's a the, a body it's a group of people and it's it's so much more than that it's so much more intricate it's so much you know it's 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 the flesh we are the flesh and bone of Jesus we're we're his we're his, you know I, I was looking up synonyms one was sack of bones you know we 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 are we are the flesh and bone of of Jesus we. We are his bride. We are so, we are so close to him that, the, that there, is, there is no separation. We are, we are actually the, the arms and legs and limbs and, and blood. And, and we, we are all those things for Jesus. And I want that to sink in. It's really, there is one body and one spirit. One body and one spirit. The whole reason that Jesus came the way that he did was to, to show how we are supposed to be. Right? He went, he was baptized in the Jordan, and what comes down? The spirit. Right? We get, we get baptized, we receive the Holy Spirit. Is that what happened in Acts? Absolutely. It says that Jesus, well, that's, that's later, but he, he, grew, he grew in stature, right? In favor of God and with men. We're supposed to grow and we're supposed to mature. That's later. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. But the whole reason Jesus came and, and, and had the life that he did is to give us an example of this is who you are. When I am gone, I want you to take over because you're my body. Even, just, as like, just as if I were here, now it's your job. I'm still directing things. I'm in heaven, but I'm multiplying. Because there's really, to go back and to, to kind of bring this back together, um, with Adam, there, there's only one man. Or there's, there's two men in, in Scripture. There's Adam, okay, who was in the image of God, 
Eve comes alongside, and then everybody else is in the image of Adam, right? So there's, there's two men. Then Jesus comes along as the second Adam. And the church is the bride, and everyone who is remade into the, into, um, the, the new creation is in Christ. So you're either in Adam or you're in Christ. There's only two. You're either in the flesh or you're in the spirit. You're either of the earth in the natural, Adam, or you're of the heavenly. There's only two. You know, when, when Paul says, um, uh, it's, it talks about the old man and new man, okay, we, we like to say, well, the, you know, the old man was something that was in me and I got rid of it when I was saved or I'm trying to get rid of it. No, no, no. You were, you were something you were in, not something that was in you. You were in Adam, but now you're not. You're in Christ. Okay? I know I'm getting kind of bouncing around here a little bit, but I want, I want us to really get this idea that the, all of Scripture is, is this, this concept of you're in one of two men. You're either in Adam or you're in Jesus. And you're either the body of Adam Right, because it Adam Adam filled the earth, right? Now it's the it's Jesus' turn to fill the earth. That's the purpose. Is that for Jesus and his bride to have so many kids that we fill every part of the earth. But it's one body. How are we the body of Christ? Number one, we're one. We are the body. We are, G- we are, we are part of Jesus. We are His flesh and blood. We're His feet. We're His hands. We're His arms. We're, we're everything. That, you know, we are part of Him, and it's a mystery. It's a hard concept, but when we start really realizing that. Um, that we should be acting like Christ because that's who he made us to be. We'll start acting differently. We'll start thinking, hey, what, what would you, you know, it was cliche, what would Jesus do? But really, what would Jesus do? Because we are his body. He wants us to be just like he was while he was on the earth. One body. If you bounce down here, um, uh, the body of Christ occurs again in verse 12. But let me, let me start um, in verse 11. It says, He gave some as apostles and some as prophets, some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ, till we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Karis, could you put up that, that first picture for me? Um, the lights. It's a picture of a, of a brick wall. And I kind of like this picture. Um, See, the idea that Paul gives is it's to the building up of, of the body. It's, um, it, the, 
the word there is actually uh, like a, a house building. It, part, of, part of the word, it's a compound word. Part of the word is for a word for a house, an actual house or a building. I kind of like this picture because all the, not all the bricks are the same. There's a little bit different shapes. You know, they're, they're put in different ways. There's some different colors in there. They are, um, you know, some are a, a little bit maybe kind of broken. Um, some are, you know, have chips out of them. Some are, you know, cracked here and there. But they're all put together in this wall, if you will. They're all put together by a master builder and, and put together in unity. Right? They're all held together into a building. And that's what um, the Lord wants for us, is for us to be built together. He wants us to be built one on top of each other. And we'll talk about that more next week, how that, how that works out. But um, we're supposed to be a building that is come together in, in unity. Let me say that again. It's supposed to be a building that's come together in unity. Now, I've, I'm, I know that we here, we're, I, I'm not, when I'm saying this, I'm not saying that we're doing something wrong at this point, okay? But I want to make sure that we know, we have this in the back of our heads, that um, you know, when, when we are built together as a wall, Okay, it's, it's a unified project. It's for a purpose. And it's, it's put together by a master builder in order to get the structure that he wants it to be. And we should be the same. We are, we are put together by a master builder to get the structure that he wants. Part of that is being unified in purpose, unified in thought, unified in mind. You know, I think about um, the the Tower of Babel. You all remember the Tower of Babel in Genesis? Um, everybody's at, speaking the same language at that time. This is after the flood. And God goes down there, and, and everybody is, they decide to build a tower. Said so we're going to get up to God. We're going to build something that's so high that we're going to get to God. And the Lord goes down and says, eh, I don't like this idea very much. Um, he said, what he says is really interesting. He said, they can accomplish anything they put their minds to because they were unified. They had, they had one language. They had one thought. They had one idea that they were going after. They were unified. And God said, no, they're, they're not going to try to build a tower to get up to me. Uh, and then he confuses their languages so they wouldn't be as unified. And they scatter. And all of a sudden, the project is ended. God is bringing the project back. You wonder why in Acts 2 they all spoke in tongues? He's bringing back the the unification. He wants to unify the world around his project. Not a worldly project. Not somebody trying to build their own way to heaven, their own way to God but around his project, a holy temple for himself. And it's about unity. We, and we have to be focused on what he wants to do. He wants to, we need to have unified in, in who we are, which means 
We're going to get into that here in just a minute. But we've, guys, what, what I talked about last week, we've got to make sure that, that we are keeping a, a short list with everybody, that we are um, not you know, talking badly about someone else or about what God's doing in their life, that we're always encouraging and strengthening. We're, we're looking at somebody and saying, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you in however you need the help. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to, I'm going to strengthen you. And uh, Paul says, in honor, preferring one another. If I'm always uh, preferring the other person, you know, and saying, hey, you know, Carolyn, how can I help you? What, what can I do to serve you? Right? And everybody is doing that. Right? If, if everyone is saying, oh, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to prefer you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to strengthen you. And then somebody's coming along and, and coming to doing the same for me. We're... we're all, all going back and forth, and we're all going to be progressing and all going to be going forward. And we're going to have that unity of body and unity of mind and unity of faith that we're going to be built into a really strong wall. You know, the body also occurs as you go down to, um, let me start in verse 14. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Now, I, I was doing some research on bricks. Because if we're being, being built together, I thought, well, that would be, be an interesting thing. So what is, um, what is this stuff here in the middle Mortar. Okay. So mortar. Do, do you know what the mortar's for? I didn't know this. Anybody? Bending and contracting? What else? Hold it together. Stability. So you know, um, I'll tell you in just a second. You know, Paul says that um, the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies. It, it's, that's a really weird kind of construction in the Greek. Here's how I've preached it before, and this isn't wrong. I think it's correct, but it's not exactly what it says. What, what I have always felt and, and heard before is that because we are joined together, then we can supply each other's needs. Right? And that's true. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I've preached that before. I'll probably preach it again. Okay? But it's not exactly what it says. And that, you know, like I said, um, you know, we're joined together and we can supply each other. I'm just going to try to make the difference here. You know, like I'm, I'm joined with um, uh, Pastor Kevin. Right? And Pastor Kevin needs... Um, needs some help with, with something, and I've got what he needs. So I'm able to, to come alongside him and, and help him out, right? I'm saying, okay, I'll, 
you need a ride? Okay, I've got wheels. Well, let's go. And then sometime along, along the line, I'm, I'm in something, and I need encouragement. Pastor Kevin's, you know, got encouragement in spades. And he comes along and says, Ryan, you, you just look like you need encouragement. Let me help you with that. Okay? Right? And that's, but what it really says is the joint is where it comes from. What I've always thought is this brick and this brick will supply the need for the other brick. Instead of the joint itself. Now, this again is something kind of different because it's like saying, if you, if you compare it to the body, it's like saying the joint supplies the need. And I, th- I, you know, I have a hard time imagining how I can eat with my elbow. Right? Because that's the joint. <laughs> okay? I'm like, okay, it kind of moves the hand, but, you know, but it's not the joint. It's, it's really kind of the, you know, the fingers. Right? But this is the joint is what supplies the need. You know, when you look at mortar, um, the, a, a brick wall is supposed to be built in such a way that it will stand up anyway. It's supposed to be built in such a way that it's straight and it's, it's built right one on top of the other so that it's going to stand. The mortar does have some um, ad- adhesion qualities. It's supposed to, to stick it all together. But it's supposed to be a, um, it's supposed to absorb. It's, a, it's supposed to be something that absorbs the weight and helps with all the other bricks. So that if there's, if there's a problem with one brick, if one brick gets, gets hit by something, everything else doesn't, doesn't go because you've got this, um, this cushioning in between all the bricks. Hey, Karis, would you... Um, so the next one up. But what happens? Can you all see that? What happens when the mortar goes out? It leads to instability. Karis, can you hit the next one there? There's it. It starts. It starts deteriorating, crumbling. Actually, mortar is supposed to be. It's made. To, to be less stable than the bricks. It's made to have that absorption because if it, was so, if it was as solid as the bricks, it wouldn't have the cushioning. So you might, it, it, it's something that needs attention. Now it might be a hundred years before it needs the attention, but it's made to need the attention. It's made to need that um, the attention that it, when it goes out that you put some stuff back in. It's called repointing your bricks. Right? But it's, it's supposed to have that absorption quality to it. Karis, could you hit the next one? What happens when you eventually uh, lose all your mortar? Then you end up with just a pile. You end up with gaping holes. And the bricks come tumbling down. Thanks, Karis. So the joint, the joints, right, are what supply the need. The joint supplies the need. I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, what's, what are the joints? What's the mortar that holds everything together? good 
know what I believe, um, what the Lord just hit me with is His grace. In verse 7 it says, but to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Grace was given according to the measure of Or Christ's gift. <laughs> you know, as we, as we, <laughs> I love it. I, I love the life that kids bring. It's just wonderful. Um, you know, as we, as we, we're supposed to grow um, in our, in our faith. You know, it says that, um, Uh, according to the working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. How do, how do we grow? And the, the whole idea is, is how, do we, how do we get how, how do we get bigger? It's, it's how do we get larger? How do we, how do we expand? Um, I, I looked up the, that word, word grow because you know, there's, there's the idea in, other, in verses previous that we're supposed to mature Right? We're supposed to grow up into Christ. We're supposed to mature. We're supposed to be really, it, the idea is we, we grow into the perfect man, is what the wording is. How do you get the perfect man? That's what all the, all the women say. Yes, that's what I want. It's the perfect man. Right? But we're supposed to grow into being that perfect man, that, that, that image of Jesus. Because he's the only perfect one. As a whole, we're supposed to look like him. But then, then it says the growth of the body. Because we're supposed to grow into expanding the world. How, it, how do we grow? Well, the joints, the grace. The grace. It's the gift. And it's the grace that is given for everyone to be able to grow. As we, as we go forward and we start talking about spiritual gifts, um, and everyone starts to grow, we're going to have to give lots of grace. Because when you grow, you've got you to have the grace. You know, when your kids grow up, a lot of times they don't do things just right the first time. Right? Anybody had kids that, you know, you, you, you say, okay, this is, what, this, is what I, this is how you wash the dishes. And, they, and you look at it and you go, <laughs> that's not quite right. You know, let, let's go back to the drawing board. Here, this is how, let me show you again. Right? Take the sponge and do it this way. Okay? Or you're, you're learning to throw a ball. And the first time they throw it, it goes behind them. Okay? And you, now let's try that again. You know, you, you take it and, you, throw, and you, you aim this direction. Step with the opposite leg and you throw this way. Okay? There's, there has to be grace when you're learning. And we've got to give everybody lots of grace. Because we're all supposed to be growing in Christ. And the more grace that we give to ourselves and to each other, the more we're going to grow. Because you're allowing somebody the opportunity to grow in their faith and to grow in the gifts and the talents that God has given them. I remember um, uh, years, years ago, I, there was a lady who played in our, our worship band at church 
And uh, she kind of took a chance on me. She said, I want you to come play. She said, I know you play. She said, come play. I'm going to play. I'm going to play piano, but I want you to just come and, and play with the group. And I said, okay, sounds like fun. And uh, th- I think there was a lot of grace there. You know, because there, there a lot of times I think that, you know, how we meshed wasn't exactly meshing, you know. And, but it grew and everyone, sometimes she wouldn't be there. And it was, it was okay, Ryan, it's, your, it's time for you to um, step up to the plate. But I was given the grace to learn and to grow. And we need to give each other the same grace because it's at those joints, right, where we grow and we meet each other's needs. It's through the grace. It's the grace that, and here's, here's the kicker. The grace is something that we are given by Jesus. It doesn't come from ourselves. Because in myself, a lot of times I don't have the grace. I want to say, hey, shouldn't you be perfect already? <laughs> Let's go, right? But when we're, when we're following the Lord, then we are operating in the grace, and we're saying, okay, Lord, give me grace for this. Give me grace, okay? And you're allowed to you can give other people that grace. And let me, let me take this one, one more step, and then we'll, we'll close. Um, I'm going to start talking about spiritual gifts, and I'm, what I really, really am hoping, okay? Some, sometimes I can do this well, and sometimes I can't, but I'm really, really hoping to make it very practical, that when we talk about a gift, we, let's, let's try to start using it, okay? Like whether that's the gift of prophecy or the gift of mercy, or if that's the gift of um, you know, distinguishing, distinguishing of spirits, or it's the gift of, of, of healing or the gift of administration. We say, okay, let's take a step and let's start using that gift. And what's going to happen is, is somebody's going to go, whoa, 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 you, know, what, no, you need to be using that gift a different way. And what I'm going to say is, look, let's give everybody grace. Because like any other gift that you have, you're not going to grow in it unless you practice. As good as a quarterback as Tom Brady is, and he's one of the best that's ever been, even if he is not playing, even if he's not playing for New England anymore, okay, he is, the first time he picked up and threw a ball, he was not uh, dropping it on a dime 50 yards down the field. It's come through a lot of practice. It's come through a whole lot of repetition. And your spiritual gifts are exactly the same way. And the first time you step out and go, okay, I think that the Lord's given me a word, or I think that I'm supposed to be doing this, you, you're going to go to the soup kitchen, and, and everybody's going to go, no, that's not how you serve soup. Like, wait, wait, this, this is supposed to be easy. This is my gift. It's, you know, or I, I'm supposed to give this word to somebody, and you, it, it flops, Okay? And it's okay, because we're going to give you grace to grow and grace to, to try and to, to try again and to try again and to try again. And we're going to encourage each other, right? You're going you're gonna to step out and go, well, I made a mess out of that one. And you're going to have somebody come alongside you and say, you know what? You're going to do it again. It's okay. You're going to try it again. It's all right. The most important thing is, is that you did it and that you tried and that you opened your mouth or you stepped out in, in faith and you tried something that you believed God was telling you to do. And so we're going to give each other the grace to succeed well and to fail well. 
right? Now, it might be a learning curve. That's okay. But that's part of growing, right? I, I've got a good friend who said, um, he, told, uh, he, he did some professional fishing. And, and he said, Ryan, I, I, always, I learned a whole lot more by the things that didn't work than the things that did. If it didn't work, I knew that that, was, that wasn't, you know, I, I, could, I could go along. And I learned a lot more that way. You'd think it would be the other way around. I said, no, I learned a whole lot more when it didn't happen because I, I, I learned how to do things better. If you just learn one way and it works, then you don't know that there may be something that could be even better than that. So it's okay for things not to work. The important thing is that you keep on going and that you keep trying. And then you'll, you'll learn and you'll grow and you'll mature. But it comes in the grace. And we need to ask that the Lord would give us the grace for everyone to grow, whether that's in their spiritual gifts or grow in their daily lives, grow in their maturity in Christ. Because um, everybody's at a different place, and we've got to give the grace for everybody to grow and mature. So how is it that we're one body in Christ, uh, that we are the body of Jesus? And boy, I, please meditate on this. I can't do it justice, but I know the Lord can, can, can give it more to you when you really meditate on it. We are the one body of Christ. And I think if you can get that in your heart, it will change your life. It will change your perspective. That I'm, I'm the flesh and bone of Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to look like him. I'm supposed to talk like him. I'm supposed to act like him. We, we're supposed to be built together into that body. Everybody arm in arm built by the master builder, put into the, uh, the perfect order and structure so that we're, we're being built. We're supposed to be, be growing together. And it's the grace that allows us to grow. It's the grace that allows us to grow. Because if that grace leaves, as you saw in the picture, that grace leaves, what happens? It goes crash. But as I said, that mortar is meant to be that cushion and it needs attention. That's why we can pray for more grace. That the Lord will, where, where the grace is gone, that the Lord will add some more grace to it. Lord, give me that new grace every morning, right? Because we all need it. All right, let's, let's pray together. And let me bless you with the grace of the Lord this morning. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you for grace. Lord, we, the unmerited favor of God that none of us deserve, but we all need. Lord, I, I pray right now for grace, that we each will have an extra dose of grace for each and every person, whether that's our spouse, our kids, our uh, loved ones, family members, friends, other people in the church, the pastor. Lord, give us a, an extra dose of grace, that we're, that we're always giving grace, and you're adding grace upon grace to us, and that we're allowing people to grow and allowing people to fail, allowing, allowing people to succeed well. Lord, give us that grace because we all need it in order to be a loving and, and grace-filled body. 
Lord, I'm asking for grace for each one so that we can all find our parts to play. Lord, I pray for um, those who are, are not well today. Lord, I know there's uh, a number that are at home that are still not well. Lord, thank you, thank you for the praise report for Peter, that you are um, you have heard our prayers and you worked uh, mightily and that he's on his way home. Lord, I pray also for those who are not well, that you'll heal them completely. Lord, that you'll protect those who... Um, uh, protect those who are well and keep them healthy and well and for those who need that extra grace of healing I pray for their healing immediately and Lord I, I thank you that you um, I thank you that we are your body that you have um you came to earth so that we can become like you. Lord, as a corporate body of Jesus, we stand against and rebuke this virus from um, all of our loved ones, all of our family members, and from this church and from this area. Lord, I don't feel like we've, I've got the grace to go any further than that, but we, we now stand against it and we rebuke it and command it to leave from this area and from our family, our loved ones, from this, this, cor this corporate body of believers right here. And we declare that it is off limits. Even as Moses came and at his word, the, the ple every plague left or came, either one. It's at our word today that, Lord, that you've given us the authority that we declare that this virus will have no place and no effect on any person in this church, any, any family member, any loved one. Uh, that's uh, connected to this body, and that even in this area, that it will have to leave, and that this place will be this 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 area of Connecticut will be a um, it'll be an oasis, and people will start asking why 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 is why is this the lowest area why why is there nothing here? And we can stand up and say I'll tell you why. Lord, we're asking that according to your word. Thank you for it, Lord. I bless each person here with the blessing of Abraham. Your grace, your peace, your long life, your uh, prosperity, your, um, your hope, your faith, your love. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen.